All over the world, parents have been sitting their young children down to help them think through the violent news from Paris. For Muslim families, that challenge can be even more complicated. As part of his Micropolis series, WMYC's Arun Venegabal checks in on one family and the larger efforts to deal with the alienation of Muslim youth. Okay, so what happened, uh, what happened in school in morning meeting is... Miriam and Danusa. She lives in Bedford-Stuyvesant and is wearing a hoodie. It's pink and says Princeton. That's where she wants to go to college. She's 10. We were talking in morning meeting, and one of the girls in my class, she brought it up, and, like, we started talking about it, and then we just stopped talking about it. Well, what did you say about it without... This is Marianne's mom, Maya Dawn Eatman. Marianne's sitting on her lap in their living room. What did I say? Did you say anything about it? No. What did Tommy say about it? Tommy is her teacher. One of the students said that Paris was attacked a few days ago, and, um, what is it? Oh, yeah, and it was a terrorist group called ISIS, and then she was like, most Muslims are terrorists. And then my teacher, Tommy, said it doesn't necessarily have to be Muslim. It can be any person. Which Miriam seemed to think was a pretty good answer. These are the sort of discussions playing out in homes across the country right now. Maya Dawn, who wears a hijab, is an artist and tutor. The day after the Paris attacks, she and her husband, attorney Mustafa Andanuza, were having brunch with Miriam and their 12-year-old son, Salih. Telling them that they need to be strong as an individual, they need to be strong as a Muslim, they need to be strong as young black kids, and just sort of reinforcing positivity uh, for the kids as opposed to any negativity that they might hear from outside. You know, it's a struggle to stay positive amongst the media. And then these people who call themselves Muslim because... These you know, people, just, the extremists whose violence runs counter to the faith her family knows and practices. If Islam means peace, then I can't really see where the peace is in these people. Beyond all the usual demands of child-rearing, Muslim parents in America have their own set of challenges as their kids get older. There can be name-calling or bullying, a sense of separateness that can be reinforced by public debates about Islam and acts of extremism. Increasingly, the Muslim community is aware that it needs to confront the problem of social isolation. Humera Khan runs an organization called Muflehun, which runs cyber safety workshops for young Muslims in hopes of keeping them safe from recruiters operating on behalf of terrorist organizations. She said the risk of young Muslims becoming radicalized clearly exists. Now the question is, how scared should you be? She recounted the story of one teenager in Virginia who was bullied at school and retreated online. He was 15, right? He was having trouble also at home. And so he was looking for new friends, new networks. Among these networks were recruiters for al-Shabaab in Somalia. Eventually, he was found by ISIS. She ended up becoming a recruiter for ISIS. She said this all happened between the age of 15 and 18. He's now in prison. Khan said this is a typical example, but it's still not common. If you look at all the cases, since 9-11, we're talking about less than 500 people. If you take 500 people in a population of about 5 million Muslims in a population of 300 million people in the country, we're talking about a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. It's tiny. In France, the number of youth who have left to join ISIS is several times what it is in America. 
even though their Muslim populations are comparable. Khan says the Muslim community there is largely ghettoized. There are higher levels of poverty and imprisonment and social isolation. Others say that America has been better at integrating Muslim immigrants because, so far, it hasn't forced them to conform to the same degree. There's actually a give and take. Foria Yunus is a former FBI agent who now teaches law enforcement officers. She tries to sensitize her students, local police officers, and federal agents to Muslim culture. She says they need to walk the line of protecting but respecting. I do really say assimilation seems to be a two-way street. The immigrant, she said, does need to take on the ways of their adopted country. But it's very difficult to really adopt the country that you immigrated to when you're constantly facing discrimination and hate. So whether that's being spat on, whether that's being called names. Eunice said the officers she instructs are increasingly mindful of the need to work with Muslim communities and to be respectful. She said that at their best, these relationships have helped prevent terrorist attacks. Still, it's not unusual for officers to speak disparagingly. Almost every time I'm teaching a course, if it's during the breaks or even raising your hands and asking these questions, there's that underlining fear of uh, the Muslims are looking to take over. Why aren't they stepping up, they ask her. Why don't they show us any tolerance? You hear things like, who's going to be assimilating who? Back in Brooklyn, Um, Maya Dawn Eatman is still trying to help her daughter understand what she heard in school that day. Did you raise your hand? Oh, yeah, I did raise my hand, but then Tommy said what I was going to say, so... I wanted to say that not all terrorists are Muslims. Like the Nazis, they're German. They were German. (laughs) Okay, that's good. You can just say not all Muslims are terrorists. Most Muslims are peaceful, God-fearing people <laughs> who love life and respect the sanctity of life. Okay. 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 Or something like along those lines. <laughs> this is Micropolis. For WNYC, I'm Arun Vanigopal.